0: So let me tell you about what I found, what I discovered in the book, right? The first two, the very second paragraph. This book is talking about, once again, my great uncle. It's talking about his legacy. It says, Reverend Ford's rich heritage began with his great-grandfather, Edward Ford, Sr., who was freed from slavery. So this is my great-great-grandfather. He was freed from slavery. He was blessed to buy land in his community, ambitious and innovative, Edward dug the very first well in the community. Edward's brother received his freedom at the same time, but he refused to accept the slave master's name and paid $25 to have his name changed to Harris. Mr. Harris also bought land and organized and built the very first church in the community. I didn't know none of this. I never knew this stuff. All I did was just do as God had instructed me to do, walking in this path. And as I walked in the path, he revealed to me that I was actually walking in legacy. So if you turn this page, right? Turn the book, it goes to another page. I, like, I really like this page, because it tells of this gentleman right here. So this is, the, this is the son of Edward. This gentleman right here, the picture, this is the son of Edward. So what I did, of course, these my people, so, you know, I had to get it printed out in frame. You know what I'm saying? He's my fault. He's my, he look like me? I look like him?
1: <laughs>
0: my wife says I look just like him. This man here, this man here, father was a slave. But look, he got a bow tie on, don't he? He got a little handkerchief in his pocket, ain't he? And you know that. I don't even, I don't even know why I started doing it. Y'all know, I, if those who know me know I, at one point I changed my whole wardrobe to bow ties. Remember that? And I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> Just real quick, real quick. Bryce, Mr. Bryce Ford, after his children were older, he would spend the summers in Philadelphia where he built many homes. He built his own family home in Jenkins, Georgia, purchasing many acres of land, and expanding his farm, and later became very successful. Mr. Bryce Ford Sr. was one of the first in his community to own a Model T Ford. He accomplished many things because of his trade as a carpenter. He owned and managed his own farm. He was a Christian in the very truest sense of the word, where he was a faithful steward at Bethlehem AME Church of Jenkins, Georgia. He was also a great community worker. When I read that, I I broke down like a baby. I cried. This man right here was a great community worker. And that's what God has allowed me to establish right here in my life here in the city of Troy. So I I just wanted to share that with y'all, let y'all know, whenever you humble yourself, in a place where you can catch a download from God, I'm telling you, fantastic things will happen. And so I'm going to go ahead and make room for our very first, po- our very first poet. Um, she is very near and dear to my heart. I've had the opportunity to watch this young lady grow up um, and find a love and a passion for teaching. Yeah. Come on, man! I mean, a love and a passion for teaching. Yeah. And so I've learned that I got the opportunity to watch that and just to be a part of her life. And I'm so. Privilege to be able to encourage her and watch her go to the next level. Y'all give it up for Miss Shania Jackson.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Hello. I'm going to work very, very hard not to get choked up while um, up here. Um, I'm sorry, let me start off correctly. Hi I'm Shania. I am <laughs> I am the daughter of Doris Jackson and Eddie Jackson, granddaughter of Susie Holmes and Ernest Holmes. I'm what a member of, I, al- I always try to start with talking about who I represent and who you see Come on. <laughs> I am I'm a member of the United Dane Church of God in Christ as well as the secretary for the Troy NAACP. And I've taught in many spaces. I don't even want to speak where I teach now, but I teach, I've taught in many, many spaces um, in Troy and other um, I'm, again, trying not to be emotional while I'm up here because the last time I have stood on this stage was um, January 20th, 2020. And I remember that day very, very well because it was what I consider the last normal day in my life, at least, um, because the following day, January 21st, 2020 was the day that we lost my father. And I remember leaving here and going to the hospital there and you know I read the poem to him at his bedside um, on, his, on his deathbed sadly. Um, and I remembered the peace I felt in this sanctuary here. Um, so I'm just thankful that this space exists and it's continuing to encourage the truth as well of the black experience. And, and really raising the voices of some of the people who could be otherwise voiceless, especially in Troy, um, because my family is who taught me how to be proud in myself and proud of the black woman especially, so I'm just appreciative that I'm able to um, be here once again. I was originally going to speak all about my dad and give a nice poem that I read at his funeral, and yada, 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 um, but a big theme, a big theme of today um, really should be, the truth of what the black experience is, and going just beyond trauma. Because to be quite honest, it is very traumatic, not only to be a black person, but it's very traumatic to learn about our history, because I don't know about you, but I went to I went to school too, and I had one, really two black teachers, and one black teacher in the school, and she's kindergarten teacher, she was great, Ms. Wilcox, great. Um, but when they would talk about things during black history, one of the first things they go to is suffering. Yes, you and you came over, and you were in chains, and you know, now, but now look at you. You're not in chains anymore, and you're doing great, and we had the first black president here, and we had candidates rights over here, and everything's great. And it's all rooted in our trauma, and we don't think about how that affects a child growing up, and how that affects their way of thinking, because now they have to think, I have to walk through life, And be great at everything because I'm holding all this weight on my shoulders because I came from slavery of course so I have to be great and perfect at everything because what would what would they think they were slaves obviously I have to go impress them right so I wanted to read something I wrote um, called Rain I love it um that was actually inspired just by some of my recent events because I've had to do a lot of reflecting on the weight of what it means to be not only a black woman but a black educator as well, and how difficult that that burden can be. And I was actually gifted this book by um, by a teacher of a student who used to work, um, I used to teach, a parent of a student I used to teach, um, who I'm so, so loving, white parents specifically, which actually made it more touching to me. Um, it's called Restless Resistance, um, a manifesto by Trisha Hershey. I don't know her, but if you can read it, I would suggest it. it is lovely. Have I read it yet? No. because I'm very bad at resting, which is what the book is about. I've read through it, but I haven't truly read it. But it's all about the importance of rest and how we believe, especially as black people, that we don't deserve rest, and we don't deserve to take a breath um, because oh, of oh, everything oh, 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 we're yeah. expected to do. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa,
1: you You know I do. Yeah, you <laughs> just Absolutely. We as black people don't always believe that we deserve to have rest. Because, again, we know what, Burden we have on our shoulders. We know what has happened to bring us here At least we know the the negative side of everything that's happened to bring us here So we feel that there's so much that we have to now prove because we hold all of our ancestors on our shoulder We hold our entire community on my shoulder whether you want to or not me standing here I represent every other black person in this room and in this city whether you like it or not Whether you're another black person saying no, I'm here too. I'm the one talking though (laughs) So I'm the one representing it. Whatever I say, that's what's gonna be reflected on you. Sorry, not sorry, hope I do well. So I wanted to reflect on a piece that really talks about the importance of allowing ourselves to rest and allowing ourselves to take on that being black and existing is hard, and it's okay for it to be hard, and therefore resting while having a hard black experience, whether you're aware of it or not, is okay. So this is called rain. You are your ancestors' wildest dreams. You can thirst for water and have the amazing ability to satisfy it. Your body was perfectly crafted to have desire and need for something that requires us to stop for a moment, a moment of rest. Satisfying our thirst for water requires a moment of self-focus to remind us that we are not made for labor alone. Black women, we are not made for labor alone. Black people, we are not made for labor alone. African descendants, we are not made for labor alone. We were not made to deny the needs of our purest souls for the sole benefit of pleasure for others. We are made to drink water. We were made to dance in the rain. Thank you. That was amazing. That was amazing, Shania.